baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Show sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Well, it's been a pretty full day already, and it's going to... Well, we're going to add more to it. You want to keep listening because we will be giving away Barry Manilow tickets shortly. Barry Manilow, let's go. Let's go, baby. I love Barry. (laughs) You you said that with a very sultry intonation. Well, Amy, I'm, I'm sick over here. Oh, I'm sorry. That's well, how I sound when I'm sick. Well, people say, you know, that's that's the voice people want to hear. It's sultry. And, and listen, yeah. uh, I would like to just reiterate that because I have courtesy, I stayed home from work yeah. instead of going to the office and spreading it. Don't spread disease. Yeah. Just yeah, no. This is... DSD, don't spread disease. Correct. Yeah, that's it. You're welcome. Thank you, Ron, for doing your part, because personally, I don't want to get sick. I don't want COVID, but I also don't want the flu or strep throat. Yeah, I don't want anything. Or a cold. Yes. Stay home if you're sick. Oh, it's just a cold. Okay, keep your cold to yourself. That's right. That's right. Hey, we kicked off the show with the governor of Missouri. But I've never seen anything like what those people down there are going through as far as the border being totally wide open. And there's no question about that. And I think what Texas is trying to do is do what the federal government won't do and what the president won't do. And that is Governor Mike Parson talking about the southern border in Texas. He was down in Texas over the weekend meeting with Texas Governor Greg Abbott alongside 13 other Republican governors to look at the crisis at the border and what they can do. This doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the immigration bill that was passed by the Senate and which House Speaker Mike Johnson said would be dead on arrival. These are concerned governors seeing the crisis at the border and, as Governor Parson said, taking action to do what the federal government isn't. Well, it it is, but it's you can't separate the two, I don't think, because they are related. You can argue, and you'll probably win that argument, that part of the reason the border is in such bad shape is because our immigration system is entirely broken. People are trying to get into the country any means necessary because they know the process is horrible right now. And this this bill, as the Biden administration currently has been sending more people back than and this is this is fact. This is not just conjecture. They have been deporting more people than we've seen in the past. Um, this bill would help that it is a conservative bill. It's more conservative I will say, than anything that's been proposed in a very long time on a bipartisan basis. And it would alleviate some of this stuff. And it would not be a free-for-all at the border right now. But it's just it's a non-starter for certain people. And we're not going to pass it. And we're going to keep doing this thing over and over again where we don't do any real immigration reform. Yeah, and I... 
to your point, you're right. It is a more conservative bill than we've seen proposed in decades. I will still say it's not conservative enough. It still seems more, it just seems too lenient and won't fix the problem. But, I mean, to your point of anything that's been proposed recently, and by recently I mean 30 years, 40 years, uh, this is at least something. You use the word broken. Uh, Governor Parson did as well. And I know everybody tries to put the political spin on this, but the reality of it is the president of the United States could stop this tomorrow and then negotiate up there in Washington, D.C. all they want to. But I think uh, I'm like Governor Abbott. I don't have much faith in Washington, D.C. getting much of anything done. I think that system's broke. I think the president's broken. I think the border's broken. So I don't know how broken pieces can fix something that's broken. But uh, And that's why the states, while we're doing what we're doing, why 25 governors have come together, half of the United States, to try to protect the border and the people that are coming across there. Yeah, and, and he is right. It is broken. Um, but this bill, again, Customs has endorsed it. The Border Patrol Union has endorsed it. Um, there has been a rebuttal from Senate GOP aides who have said that this is this is a good bill. And it refutes some of the talking points that we've heard from um, the, the House GOP. I, again, it's not perfect. But also there is a disagreement about just precisely what will fix the border and what will fix immigration. That's why this bill is what we call a compromise, because not everybody is getting every single thing they want. Republicans aren't getting everything they want. Democrats have conceded on a lot of things in that bill. That's called compromise. And that gets us closer. So if you if if this bill doesn't go far enough, well, you think you're going to have an easier time pushing a, you know, passing a bill that does go what some people deem to be far enough? If this one can't get passed, what makes you think that one that's more extreme is going to get passed? It's yeah. not. Yeah. And we went over the different numbers again of 4,000 illegal crossings a day would give the president the option to exercise Title 42 esque authority. That option turns into a mandate. If illegal crossings exceed 5,000 a day over the course of seven days or 8,500 in a single day. And, it, you know, it's a lot of numbers there. And, and of course, over the course of three years, that presidential authority and those numbers, it would decline until it just expires. So I get that it's not perfect. I do think taking a step in the right direction is better than not taking any steps at all. And I... Was I will say I've been surprised, too, by the number of migrants crossing the border who aren't from Central or South America, coming from Nigeria or the 60-minute the special from China. And that's really concerning, especially when we have allies in Afghanistan who risked their lives, their livelihoods and their families to help us. And they're waiting bogged down by a system that's not serving them. I can only imagine they're looking at the border going, my goodness. Yeah. Why can't we and just l- do that? Let me I just I feel like this is a major misunderstanding. And here's a text from a 618 that says 5000 free passes a day. That's a crisis. It's not 5000 free passes. It's encounters. Encounters mean somebody who arrives at the border. If they get to 5000, they shut it down. They're not letting in 5000 people and then shutting the border. It's when they encounter 5000 people. 
who not all of them are let in. A lot of them are turned away to begin with. So that's what they're talking about here. I think that is a very important distinction because it's being presented as if it we're just, hey, up to 5,000 people, come on over, you come right in. That's not what's happening. That's not what the bill says. And uh, Governor Parson, we ended up our, ended our conversation with him discussing a panel he will be in tonight. It relates to the Israel-Hamas war and the rise of anti-Semitism. It is alongside Mark Wilf, the president and co-owner of the Minnesota Vikings, and it's hosted yep. by the Jewish Federation of St. Louis. And I think the message is we want to be able to say that we support them for that. We also want to make sure the message is clear, too, that I've had to come to, to grips with. You know, not everybody is a bad person because they're associated as a Palestine. You know, uh, I mean, they're not all bad people. So I think trying to put them in the same umbrella as Hamas, you got to be careful with that. So and, and I'm not afraid to speak that, you know, uh, to them either. But, you know, what happened up there is I want them to know, look, we stand behind you. These these terrorists need to be taken out of where they're at because they're just never going to stop if you don't fight back. We also spoke with Megan Eberhardt, the Cardinals Director of Promotions and Events. She came in studio bringing lots of awesome Cardinal swag. So promotions, theme nights, you want to go to cardinals.com, especially for the Stanley Mutual Cup night. It looks like a Stanley Cup. Oh, Ronj, I think uh, I think you're on mute. You know, the old Zoom mute. Uh, the Stanley Mutual. How did that happen? I'm back. <laughs> I don't know, but it brought back it brought back memories of Zoom meetings. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, are you Thankfully, gonna... we don't have to do a lot of those. No, are you going to get yourself a Stanley Mutual cup? Well, I don't know. I, okay. I mean, I'd like to. Well, I hope you do. We also talked about Ivy League schools getting um reinstating standardized tests like the ACT and SAT initially those standardized tests were made optional for admission requirements no longer required you can take it you don't yeah. have to but what they found it didn't necessarily increase the pool of students who applied to colleges and a lot of times hurt students from lower socioeconomic um levels who need they need more options to show their academic ability rather than fewer options. And so standardized testing going back at schools like MIT and Dartmouth is the latest to reinstitute that test. Yeah, I don't have the strongest feeling on this, but if I think for certain universities that are a little more prestigious and tougher to get into yeah. and depending on what the you know what the focus is, like I said earlier, if you're going to an engineering school, um, yeah, you probably should have some other mm -hmm. process to filter students out with so many people trying to get in. So I, that's fine. It doesn't really it doesn't say anything greater about the state of education one way or the other to me. I think it's the right move. I think you've got to have ways to evaluate and to predict, not perfectly, but to predict in some way students' uh, potential ability in school post-collegiate success. And like I said, if you, especially for the very prestigious universities, if you are struggling with math on the ACT, you might not be ready for the course load at MIT. And that's important to know because grade inflation across the country is making it more difficult for institutions of higher learning to really grasp the ability of students applying 
I think now would be a great time to give away Barry Manilow tickets, Raj. Let's go. Do I get to win them or no? I think you might be ineligible, you and your family. So mm. that means your mom Shoot. can't go either. Okay. So, well, all right. Let's be the 12th caller at 312. 12th? Okay. Because it's hard to say and spell. Be the 12th caller at 314 436 7900 to have a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Barry Manilow at Enterprise Center on July 25th. Good luck to all who call. Best of luck to you. Best of luck. He's Chris. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Ranji, I'm Amy Mark Scores. This is the Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. That's what I was singing this morning in Studio B, missing my missing my friend and partner in crime, Chris Ranji. See, I sounds like I have you to tell you, away. <laughs> me. It sounds like you did because I, the way I remember oh. when I one time I made a fake eulogy, like what I would say. About me if I died and yeah. you cried? I brought myself to tears. It was beautiful. Well, you, <laughs> I thank you so much for the kind words uh, I want to con- congratulate Gregory from St. Louis. Gregory oh, from St. Louis won the Barry Manilow tickets. Congratulations, Gregory. You're going to go see Barry Manilow on July 25th at... Enterprise Center. Well, Ron, right now, President Biden is speaking, addressing the border bill, which is pretty much dead. He said it would have been the, quote, toughest, fairest law passed on immigration. So he is speaking now. We'll see if we can get some of that. But uh, I mean, yes, it would have been, as you brought up previously, the toughest bill proposed on immigration, which is not, from a conservative standpoint, is not saying a lot, but it is something. Well, okay. After Uvalde, remember how they passed that one gun bill, and it took a few months to get it done. And it's not particularly strong, but it is a step mm-hmm. in the right direction. That's how things work. It's it's You're not going to get these monumental leaps forward and and that, I would argue, is also a crisis. School shootings is a problem in this country, and it has been for a while. Mass shootings have been a problem in the United States, and we've taken an incremental step. Was it far enough? No, but I was happy with the step. Yeah. This is the same exact thing. And same I... exact thing. And, 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 and it should be a step taken. But this is it's very clear to me what's going on here. They do not want... And it's mainly Republicans. And I'm I, I'm sorry, but that's what's going on here. They don't want this to get done because they think it's going to hurt Biden and they won't be or they, it's going to help Biden and they won't be able to use it during this uh, election year as a thing. They won't be able to say Biden won't secure the border mm. if they pass this bill. But again, I cannot reiterate this enough. 
this can be a win for everybody. They can claim a victory on this. Well, they can say we forced the Democrats to the table and we forced them to pass this bill and they did Oh, it. I can think a lot of talking points that would be beneficial for the Republicans. You would say Biden himself had to admit his border policy was yes. disastrous and he had to take action. Or the Democrats had to admit that there is a crisis at the southern border. They passed this bill. We're going to pass an even stronger one. This was just the beginning. You could pass this and take it and then move forward with it. Again, I don't know how you don't take the angle that Joe Biden, you know, uh, and the Democrats passed this bill is the same as an admission that their quote unquote open border policy, you know, is a disaster. You could take this a lot of ways, a lot of partisan ways, rather than just stop it because it is a crisis. It is a crisis. And you either have to take action now or you're lying about the severity and urgency of the crisis. And I think that's the most important thing. That right there is, well, I normally I believe it would hurt them in the election a few months from now. I kind of don't know that it will, though. But but if people have been paying attention, they will say, well, wait a minute. You said this was a crisis. The uh, Congress on a bipartisan basis got together. The Senate got together and put this together. Bipartisan mm -hmm. members of each party got together and worked on this. They got it done over the course of several months. And you still said no to it. So how can you tell me it's a crisis? But with the way the electorate is, I venture to guess that by the time we get to November, that'll all be forgotten. And unless unless Democrats drive it home, unless they keep saying it over and over again, we had a deal, we had a deal, and they didn't want to go with it because they want to use it for political purposes. That's the only way I think they get any benefit from it. And keeping with your gun analogy, I've always said, you know, even taking a small step can help because putting in a small barrier can sometimes be as effective as an impenetrable wall. And I do think whether it's rhetoric or beginning to clamp down, that could also discourage more illegal crossings, even though it's a smaller sure. barrier. Amy, Amy, just by passing a bill, yeah. you're telling the, hey, they passed a bill, so it's going to be tougher. If you think the message is, has been to them, come on over, it's a free-for-all. By finding out they've passed a bill, doesn't that discourage them a bit? Yeah, yeah. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark. Scores Joe Roderick is the KMOX Super Bowl correspondent. He's in Vegas and he joins us next. It is Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores here with you. And I think I might have committed radio crime. I'm not sure. I introduced or I teased Joe Roderick as the KMOX Super Bowl correspondent. And I don't know if I can say that. Do we have to say you're a big game correspondent, Joe? Oh, yeah, I think you, well, great question. I think it's fine. I think, I mean, I'm here. I can, can I say it? I, I'm sitting here at Radio Row for the Super Bowl, so I can say it. So you, you guys are just saying it because I'm saying it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the thing. Yeah. I, I always, I'm always afraid of accidentally committing a crime and going to jail. I think okay. you'll be okay. Right. I think, yeah, there, it's, it's, it's everywhere here. Chris, a mutual friend of ours wanted me to uh, say, what's up, Box, to you. That oh, would be fuck. Rock Mamola. Oh, wow. <laughs> Rock Mamola. Uh, program director in Tampa Bay, I believe. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's, uh, he's down here. He's a few tables away from me. So I, oh. uh, I get to see him here every year, and I know you guys work together back in the day. 
That's right. He's a good dude. Excellent. Tell, but don't tell him I said that part. I will. I, I won't. I will. It'll be between you and me. So, Joe, are you, you're in Radio Row right now. That's where you're hanging out. I am. Yeah. So there's about 150 radio stations here in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center, all kind of spread out. Um, a few of them have much bigger setups than others. And then on the outskirts of Radio Road, you have the really, really big setups. I need to I need to take a picture and, and tweet it out because DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Fox Sports, Pat McAfee, they all have just these enormous sets, like stage setups here that they will be bringing guests on to, and they're obviously doing a lot of TV stuff with, with that. But I, these sets are massive and have to take just hours, if not days, to set up. I remember the Super Bowl in Minnesota when they did it. I think they had Radio Row in the mall, didn't they? The Mall really? of America? They did. Yeah. They had it in the food court of the Mall of America. So it was convenient. It was really convenient because everything that week was in the Mall of America. and But it was so, so cold that week that you didn't want to walk outside. You didn't want to go outside. So they were doing, like, the host committee that week was doing all of these things for the media to try to keep them from complaining and give them, oh, all these experiences. So that week... Ben Boyd and I actually went scuba diving in the aquarium of the Ball of America. They gave us full wetsuits, oxygen tanks, and everything to go scuba diving in the Ball of America because they were just trying to do things to, to make us happy that week. It was it was great. So far, the one thing that happens during radio week, uh, or during that first couple of days, the media session, is the stupid questions because you do have reporters not just sports reporters, but you have mm. people from all over the world, all kinds of outlets asking the dumbest questions. We know there's a lot of Taylor Swift stuff that's going on and a lot of Taylor Swift questions, but what so far has been the silliest thing you've heard? Okay. So as walking around opening night last night, opening night, that is where they give both teams an hour. And last night it was actually at Allegiant stadium. That's the first time in years that they have held opening night at the stadium where the game is going to be played. Usually they would have it at a smaller arena or a baseball stadium and whatever is in town, whatever is in the downtown district near the convention center, near radio row last night, it was at Allegiant stadium. So being in that stadium was incredible to actually see that, that place up close. And so they had the chiefs there for an hour. Obviously Travis Kelsey was just bombarded with all kinds of Taylor Swift questions and then they take an hour break. They do you know some stuff to and the fans are there too. They let fans into the stadium and they give them earpieces so they can listen to in on interviews of their favorite players as as they're watching it up on the big screen. But I'm I'm walking around and I'm kind of listening. I, I got to talk with Blaine Gabbert last night. He's the backup quarterback now for the Chiefs, yeah. the former Mizzou quarterback, and I kind of listened to some of the stupid questions. And I heard one last night that. I mean, it got me thinking what my answer would be is somebody asked one of the Chiefs players, if right now, if today we had you suit up in a high school JV basketball game, how many points would you score? Oh, okay. okay. Uh, that's okay. That's really high funny. school. That seems oddly specific. Right. 
Yeah. So, uh, Chris, if you were Chris, if you laced them up against sophomores in high school right now, like how how many could you put in? Oh, I'd get smoked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get a shot off. I was so bad at basketball to begin with because I never played it. Um, I don't think I would score. Do you know who it was? I would be embarrassed. Like what outlet asked him that question? I, I did not. I did not catch the outlet. Was he? Uh, I didn't. Was he gracious or did he seem incredulous? No, it seemed like the player really enjoyed the question. Was yeah. thinking about it. So there was one I year see- that I actually found myself in that I, I had people I, I saw on Twitter, people were tweeting out a question that I asked to a player. This was one of the years recently when the Rams, I think it was the Atlanta Super Bowl when the Rams were, were in it. And I asked Johnny Hecker, and this is the, the former punter of the Rams. I asked Johnny Hecker if he missed having Jeff Fisher as a coach, because when Jeff Fisher was the coach, the offense didn't score points and he got to play more. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Hecker, he really <laughs> that's so funny he he enjoyed the question but was very politically correct yeah. with it talking about how much he enjoyed Sean McVay and then later that night I saw a few outlets picked up that, that Johnny Hecker was asked a really stupid question I thought it was a really good one yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, it, I mean, it had the potential. There's that fine line, and it really all depends on the answer between a stupid question and a brilliant question. I know, like, I felt bad for the reporter who asked, um, who who was it? I forgot which game it was, but she asked about going into Detroit and playing with that weather. And the coach responded, oh. well, they play in a dome. They play in a dome. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that one, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I kind of think Joe. I don't know how you feel about this. I I know that the sports media they get you know all irritated about the unserious reporters coming in asking stupid questions. To me, this is probably the best time of the year where where you're you're getting questions that aren't about football. They aren't about the same thing over and over again. They're unusual questions. I kind of like it. And that, and you think about something like last night, these players have been here since the weekend. They are 20, 30 miles away. They are all up at resorts far away from the strip in Vegas, far away from Allegiant Stadium. It is just a hundred percent focus on the game. Like it was last week. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be this week. It's an hour break. It's an hour away from that. It's where they can get to just kind of escape it. And I'm sure some of them would probably rather spend that time with family and do stuff. But there's probably a lot of young guys here who are experiencing their first Super Bowl. Blaine Gabbert, this is his second Super Bowl, but his first one was in 2021. They didn't have any of this. Like, it was still in – it was when he was with the Buccaneers and the game was in Tampa. But he did not get to experience any of this. And he said last night, this is brand new to me. This is – completely different than his first Super Bowl, and he was kind of soaking it all in. So for people who aren't familiar exactly, and Ron, you can fill this in too, for those who haven't been to Radio Row, you talk about that hour break, players, those who are prominent in the game, past, present, walking by, you're grabbing people. How does that work? So last night, it's just kind of a free-for-all. Last night at opening night, they have 10 booths. They have... 
Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Andy Reid. They have the top players on these boots. Everybody else is just walking around. Luckily for some of them, they I mean, they're all wearing jumpsuits. They have their number on them, so you can quickly look up on rosters and figure out who some of the guys are if you don't know who they are. And those are the ones that are getting grabbed and asked kind of the, the stupid questions. And then I think the hour break in between is more for TV. They, they do a lot of – they bring the players up on the stage. They do it for the TV. They do it for the fans in the stadium. But here on Radio Row, it is, it's a completely different animal than what it was last night. You, so you will have it, – it'll get busier and busier and busier as the week goes on. Yesterday completely dead. Today it's buzzing a little bit. By Thursday, it's going to be a madhouse here with Hall of Famers, celebrities. Wayne Newton is going to be here on Thursday. Nice. Yes. Walking. Yes. So that is that. We're in Vegas. Like Carrot Top is going to be here today and tomorrow. <laughs> you know, both two names that I'm not sure that they were both alive still. Yeah. but they are. That's incredible. Do me a favor. Report I, back and let us know if Carrot Top is still yoked. He is. He was. So they brought. So the Las Vegas host committee brought Carrot Top to Phoenix last year and had him do stuff on Radio Row to promote the Super Bowl being in in Vegas the following year. And he is jacked. Yes. <laughs> it's so interesting that like what what promotions, what marketing team is going. Here's what we need. Here is what we need to really promote the Super Bowl. Carrot top. I mean, when you think, yeah, when you say carrot, you think Vegas, right? I, I, so I, I think that works. I mean, Wayne Newton, if he's, I, I too, I, when I saw his name on there, I had to do a double check. Yeah. I, I, Wikipedia, I, I looked him up to see if he was still with us. Yeah. Because, yeah, I wasn't quite sure about that. But he's, he's scheduled to be here Thursday, so we'll see. The, I'll just say this. The last time I saw Carrot Top, like on TV anywhere. The last time I even thought about Carrie Top, this is how old it was. It was the original Regis and Kathy Lee. And I'm pretty sure Kathy Lee was pregnant. So that was a long time ago. He would have been real scrawny back then, yeah. too. He, he was scrawny. Yes, he, he was. Didn't start the hitting only, the weights the, until the fat, yeah. The only reason I remember that she was pregnant is because I think he scared her or something, and they were unhappy about it because she was pregnant. Anyway, that's the end of my I, I story. Tell you, I mean, just having him sit at the table. Joe, were you there when Patrick Mahomes had his press conference and a reporter asked him what his best Kermit the Frog impression was? No. No, I did I haven't even seen oh. that yet. I, I oh my god I missed that one. Oh my god. We <laughs> maybe have to play. But he said the reporter says, What's your best Kermit the Frog impression? <laughs> and Patrick says, I'm talking right now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he he does a it's good job so of accepting, you know, being the butt of a joke. That or he two. sounds yeah, well, like that or yeah. the dad bod images that came out, and he said, "Why'd you have to do me like that? I have kids." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I, given everything else that goes on in his life, I think he would much rather have Kermit the Frog questions than some of the other things that can be brought up about him. So, oh, I totally. I think that's. Yeah, I, I think he probably would appreciate that. Absolutely. Joe, what do you have going on the rest of the day? Rest of the day, start to uh, knock out a few interviews as the uh, as the week goes on. Um, coming up here in a little bit, I'll have Annie Agar on, uh, people that might be familiar with her. And the, yeah. she, she kind of rose to uh, fame during during lockdown, during COVID, with some of the 
press conferences that she would do on her own, the uh, the the board Zoom meetings that she would do. Uh, looking forward on Thursday to have Kurt Warner on the show. So we will uh, we'll ha- we'll talk with Kurt Warner. I'll send that back to you guys when I have it from him. Um, it really, just, I really just want to get his thoughts again. And it seems like this is just repeating year after year. Tory Holt at some point has to make it into the Hall of Fame, and hopefully that's this year. He is Joe Roderick, the KMOX Super Bowl slash big game correspondent. I'm not sure what I can say. Joe has the right to say Super Bowl. Joe, thanks so much. Have fun. It's, it does sound like a blast, like a chaotic, but a blast. It is. Yeah, it's my favorite week of the year. Thank you, guys. Yep. We look forward to hearing the Kurt Warner interview. That is Joe Roderick. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark. Scores a few more minutes of the Chris and Amy show next. What is your best Kermit the Frog impression? I'm talking right now. That's it. That was Patrick Mahomes as uh, Chris Ranji brought up talking like Kermit the Frog. That's so mean. It's it's pretty funny though. It is pretty. Funny. That somebody in a in a public setting said, "Hey, what's your best Kermit the Frog impression?" And he had the he had the the mindfulness to say, "Well, me talking yeah. like that right now." Yep, he's got the wherewithal. He doesn't mind making a joke or two. Hey, Ranj, we said uh, we why would... would you though? Well, right, because life's going well for him. Is that what yeah, you're implying? Who cares. Yeah. Yes. Hey, we mentioned this. I did want to get to it. President Biden uh, was making some comments earlier, uh, a statement, an address about the immigration bill. And this is uh, pretty much how he started off. The result of all this hard work is a bipartisan agreement that represents the most fair, humane reforms in our immigration system in a long time. And the toughest set of reforms to secure the border ever. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't even know it helps the the country. He's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. And it looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. That was near the beginning of Joe Biden's address. Ron, you saw that as well. And... Um, <laughs> I mean, to, he has a point. I mean, he's not wrong in what he said. I I only caught bits and pieces. I caught the very beginning. I heard that part. Um, I know at one point he says, if the bill fails, and this is a this is a direct quote, if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. I'll be taking this issue to the country. The American people are going to know the reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump. That's the end of the quote. That's from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, if and I think it, at least from a campaign perspective, that's absolutely what he should do. Will it work? I don't know. But I think they should hammer that point home that they got a bipartisan agreement and it's being tanked. Maybe to help one of the candidates, which is bad for the country. He's Chris Ranji. I'm Amy Mark Scores, the Chris and Amy Show. Back tomorrow, I'm going to hang out with the Dave Glover Show for an hour. That's next.